Hello. Hello, hello, listeners. This is International Shells, and this is the International Shells Show. Before I go forward, I just want to extend my apologies. I know it's been a while, but you know, tis the season to be very busy. Uh, a lot of things have come up as of late over the last week and a half or so, and I haven't had the time to step aside and give the necessary time to do the podcast. So I do apologize to those of you who have been checking in with me and asking me, hey, what's going on? That means that you're listening. So I apologize for the delay and I thank you for listening and for the support. And I will try my very best to get back onto, no, that those are struggle words. I learned that from one of my family members. I will do my best to get back on track and be more consistent. Okay, now that we've gotten that out of the way, I've got a familiar voice on with us today. The man, the myth, the legend, Garland, Garlic Boone, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, Garlic? Hey, Shells. It's a pleasure to talk to you once again. How are you? I am very good, thank you. How are you feeling these days? I feel better. I feel better. I've been worse, but, you know, it's good to be right where I am right now. Thank God. Thank God. All right. So, you know, it's always good to hear from you. And, you know, we've been talking behind the scenes. And for the most part, like I said to you, I would have come back a little easier, not easier, earlier and done a podcast alone. But it was like the current state of what was going on in the world. And I just felt like the podcast would have gone another direction if I was by myself and I didn't have someone to share the particular conversation I wanted to have. And one of the biggest conversations was, you know, we recently lost uh, one of our presidents, well, previous presidents. And it's like, it was just wild to me to see how they held this man up in all this esteem and they forgot about all the other things and situations that he was involved in in his life as though they never happened. So it's like, it was just odd for me to see that when someone dies, it's like they forget about all the negative things that happen in their lives or the negative things that they've done. But we're not going to start off on that foot. I'm just saying, if I would have had a podcast alone, that would have been the conversation that we had. Like, hey, does everyone remember XYZ Elemental P? But that's for a completely different time. Today, we are going to talk about financial literacy, Garlic. Very, very, very important because, you know, this time of year, people dig themselves into such a deep hole and they never recover. It's like you spend all year to build up your funds to work toward, I hope, something. And then here we are with the, you know, the made up holidays. You go and you break the bank and then you end up back at square one or less than square one and you're trying to figure yourself out for the new year, you know? So, you know, you're a person that I chime into from time to time and I ask about different uh, uh, in terms of financial literacy like I I mean I'll admit that I don't know a lot about investments and uh, different things in, in, in the bigger scheme of how I'm supposed to live at a certain point in my life right now I mean you've lived more life than me so I trust what you say you understand? Right. see that 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 understanding of financial literacy understanding the financial elements of life mm-hmm. that that comes from our family our, it's past something that's passed down to us and mm-hmm. and and based on what i see from talking to friends talking to family 
and other people that I've, you know, run into along this journey is that the information wasn't passed down to them. A lot of people just don't know. And this is it. And that's all based on your foundation. And it's like, it's all. Yeah, garlic. So the foundation. So what do you think a good beginner stage for a young person to learn how to, how money works, what money is, what do you think a good beginner stage is? Okay. What happens is when, when, when it's, it all, it's all, it revolves around your first job, saving money, 401k, your, it's your first job, um, you have I'm sorry to cut, but I mean like the early stages. I'm talking, you just learn what money is. Like, okay, you know, you can't just go into a store and pick up something and walk out with it. Okay. So let's just say little, little Garland is five. Okay. Six. I mean, this is what we do for my granddaughter, Juliana. Okay. She's seven. Okay. We, Hi, we, Julie. We, got, we have piggy banks all around the place. Mm-hmm. So what that teaches kids is if you save your money, You'll have a lot of money at a later given time to buy something of worth, something that you want. You know, kids kids love to ask for stuff. So what we tell Juliana is, well, any money, any little money you get, put it in your piggy bank. And then when your piggy bank gets full, we'll cash it in and then we'll take you and then to the store, you can buy whatever you want. And, and to me, that foundation is something that you carry on in life. Remember, and, and there's a lot of people who know this, when I was a young kid working, and I'm telling you, like, your first job, mm-hmm. I, I used to, and this is, like, before you put your money in a bank, I used to come home with my, my paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't much. I was I was a bagger in a supermarket, Met Supermarket in Queens, <laughs> right, off the, right off the Van Wick. It might even ah, still be there. Wow. Yeah. So I would, I would take $20 and put it in a Bible. So every week I got paid, whether it be $65 or whatever it was, I'd take $20, put in the Bible, taken by, uh, we weren't, we didn't have Metro cars back then. I think the subway fare was 25 cents or 35 cents. So you'd have to get, you know, a 10 pack of tokens. Mm -hmm. So you, uh, right, exactly. So. <laughs> Take it back. You know, but that's how things were, you know. So you one what I learned is you always pay your bills or your expenditures first and then you save afterwards. And that's something that I've been teaching my kids for a long time. Yeah, and what you just said was very important when you said uh the saving part was putting the money in the Bible. And yeah. you, you then had to separate what it is you needed those funds for or your uh, whatever you had left over that was for your budget. Right. So that's very, very, very important. And did you, I mean, well, who taught you how to do that? Because I'm sure, I know you're a brilliant man, but, you know, young garlic had to have seen that or heard that or read that somewhere. You you know what? That, that's something that your mom tells you and your parents tell you. And, and that's where we get our foundation from is, is that information that's passed on. And, mm-hmm. and, and to me, that's getting lost. And everybody's having to rely on, you know, asking, you know, Paul or Peter or Johnny. And, and, and when they're grown, there's no one to ask. So if yeah. they don't have that foundation, they're lost. 
it's funny that you said that and uh how you just said you know it comes up you know you're borrowing from here they're everywhere you know us coming well me coming from a caribbean background i always heard of something called a susu yes you know and you being living in brooklyn as long as you did and you know going through life i'm going to say that in the most classy way possible you meeting different people on your road you've heard of it too but i'm sure you know you've heard it called different things i'm sure Partner. but you know ah yes ladies and gentlemen he's made his way around <laughs> <laughs> people from various backgrounds garlic ladies and gentlemen we're going to stick to the script today not today garlic thank you <laughs> I, I, I always call it I'm Caribbean by uh, subjection mm-hmm. yes thank you for not using another word God thank you Lord <laughs> <laughs> but yes that was another way that people tried to save in their own way within their community you know so one it's just However you can try to budget, however you try to teach yourself, it, you know, it is what it is and it all ends up being the same thing later on in your life where you learn how to save, you learn how to budget and then you go on to, you know, you move into certain maybe a business where they introduce you to another way to save for your future, for your retirement. And that would be what your 401k. That's your 401k. Right. Do you have any tips to drop in terms of how someone should start with their 401k? Yeah. Well, th- this is what I did. Um, and, and, and I had uh, two 401ks. I had one for 10 years and then I had one for 35 years. Mm-hmm. And, and what you do is you start out with the minimum percentage that you can withdraw from your pay. Because you, you, as a young kid, you don't know, you know what you need from what you don't. Mm-hmm. So if you start and they tell you, you can you can have a deduct up from 3% up to, and at that time I think it was like 15% and they've increased it to 20%. Mm-hmm. But uh, 3% was the minimum. Okay, so what I did is I started out with 3%. And what happens the way 401k they work is they, they're pre-taxed hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what we call it is you're paying yourself first. Before you pay any bill, you pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. So what, what I did is every time I got a raise back in those days, I would increase my 401k 2%. Mm. So this way, my money would, for years, it always just stayed the same. So what happens is you keep increasing your 401k, and then as you get raises, and you never feel the difference exactly you never notice it now never notice it but that's the thing let's just say now you want to borrow from yourself so to speak what are the pros and cons of doing that with your 401k nothing but pros with that it's now you go to the bank um, you borrow from the bank you get a higher finance rate that you have to pay back that loan with and that's all based on your credit score but when you borrow from your 401k it's a fixed two or three percent that you're borrowing that money at now here's the good thing about it you can set the amount that you want to pay back and you can set the, the that percentage rate and you can set the time that you want that loan to go mm-hmm. that's amazing 
You understand what I'm saying? So to me, it's been the the best thing ever. And and then what happens over the years is companies started matching. Mm. You know, you know, uh, they they match you um what is it? Uh 2% and then it was uh 2%, 4%, 6% and then it it wind up being, you know, dollar per dollar or 50 yes. cents per dollar or $2 per $1. Now, if you were working for a, a company or paying, you put in a dollar, they put in two, I would never leave and I would have been there for 50 years. Uh, I, I, I think I met you in one of those kinds of companies, but we're not going <laughs> to talk about that today. Exactly. That'll be for another show. But that's how um, using a 401k that people can, you know, have money. You're saving money. For your, for, it's called saving money. It's a retirement plan for a one k. So you're saving money, you know, for when you retire. Because if you withdraw the money before you're 59 and a half, you have to pay uh, a 10% penalty when you uh, put that money on your tax return, and also another penalty when you take the money from your 401k. You understand? So, but there's also they they have these different stipulations where you can borrow the money from your 401k and not incur any um, charges if you were using it for a funeral of a spouse or if you had a birth of, of, a, of one of your kids and you needed the money for that if you were using the money as a down payment on a house so those there's like six different things that qualified you you know, to use the money and not get taxed at those high rates. And that is a big thing to look for when you're going with certain organizations or unions or what have you. When you can see those different things beforehand before going in with them, it helps a great deal. Like, uh, you were actually around when I first started doing my first 401k. And I think the kind of package that was offered was they matched it 100%. Mm-hmm. And I just, it was to the point where you remember, and I mean, it was a, a person that we both know who encouraged me Absolutely. to do it. And, you know, just a beacon of awesome, valuable information. And till this day, I still thank him for it because it was one of the best things that I'd ever done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there was no, there was no extra talk about it. It was pretty much, you know, you're cheating yourself by not doing this now. In fact, you've been working so long, you've been cheating yourself all the while not doing it. And it, I'm glad that when I started, it was with that particular company. Like I said, they matched 100%. So, I mean, I, I, up to now, and I'm not with that company anymore, as I said to you before, I'm still reaping the benefits of that. So that was one of the best decisions I've ever made. But I, you just pretty much mentioned a lot of good reasons why you should invest in yourself first and think of these things. And if you can have multiple resources and do the same thing, your future will be a lot brighter because you know where we are now as a country. You've got to really set up for your future now. You can't depend on those things from yesteryear because I know for a fact I won't be able to reap the same benefits that my grandmother did, you know, right up on, you know, up until the point where she ended up passing and where she was able to use those benefits. I, I think she's probably the last person I'll ever be able to see physically reap those benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got to set yourself up properly now. So we're going to be right back, Garlic.
Hello, garlic. Now we're going to touch on a topic that I know is near and dear to you. We're going to speak on the wonderful world of ownership. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, to a person of your caliber who has the palate for the finer things in life, you know, a man that owns things that you really don't need, but you are particular with the things that you own. I will give you that. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you've ever been invited to go boat shopping. (laughs) I have... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have I have you know it's light stuff it's like you know I don't know if you've ever cruised around while someone boasted about being part of a club where everyone had the same vehicle shout out to the pilot nation and pilot nation I started it uh, here we go. <laughs> all right you know I don't know if you know but if you notice where I'm going with this you know I don't know if you know someone who you know, owns property and he still was just working a job for fun. That's what it looked like to me. But that's a whole nother show in itself. Two, you know, again, you'll hear from Garlic many more times, but, you know, he's a very, very modest guy. So I'm trying to give Who wears old navy jeans, right? (laughs) I mean, well, at the end of the day, that's how people of means keep their wealth or their, their keep what their status exactly at the end of the day people who have a certain uh and again i'm not over here trying to expose or dig in your pockets at all that's not what we're doing here but people who have don't have to show it off the end copy I've, that I've, I've never you know what i mean because you know me you see how you're talking about old navy jeans you know me i used to go and buy my clothes by the pound it felt like i used to go down to old navy every uh black friday and I would buy my jeans. My jeans were $15 every Black Friday. And I would get it literally for the year. It, I mean, come on. Why that, not? That's I, how it's done. I mean, well, I, I mean, come on. Are you buying clothes for yourself? It's clothes. You need to wear clothes. But are you wearing it for yourself? Or are you wearing it for other people? Yeah, I, I agree. I refuse to spend $500 for one pair of pants. One pair of pants? One? I don't think so. As I, as I tell people, people make clothes. Clothes don't make people. Hello, when you're born, you're not born with clothes on at all. Exactly. It's all about the spirit of the person and how you carry yourself. So, I mean, I was told by someone that, hey, you can put on a sugar bag and still be just as fly as someone on the runway. So it's all about the spirit, you know? You know, know, I remember back when we used to work with each other, used to wear that big belt buckle. With the cowboy on it. Oh, my God. You would swear this man was born somewhere in Houston, Texas. (laughs) I was waiting for you to take out the big Stetson hat so we could go on the train and go home some of those days. But that's a whole nother situation, too. But I love that lifestyle. I mean, let's talk about the things that depreciate, because who's going to go and spend that kind of money on clothing where you can make a mistake and bleach your clothes? You can bleach it or and understand who wants to pay rent for your clothes, because that's what going to the cleaners is. You're paying rent. You bought something once and you're consistently uh paying to have it clean when you can just do it yourself so to speak you know what i mean mm-hmm. why 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 do that you know and it, this whole financial literacy umbrella is just so broad there are so many different facets so many different subdivisions where people just don't take these things and think about it on the broader scope all right listen to this listen to this you know me ownership is everything right and yes, sir. And, and and what i always tell you 
and I and I and I and my wife she didn't understand when I first told her. I said, "Me, I want to own everything." Mm-hmm. And 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 like I told you that first story when I was walking around in Jersey City, you know, and I was renting a house there, and and I, I went, I was going to my landlord's house to pay, you know, my my rent mm-hmm. for the month. And I'm, I'm looking at these big corner houses with the fence and, you know, and the nice car in the backyard. Here I am. I'm in my 20s. And, you know, and I said, you know what? That's going to be me one day. I'm going to I'm going to own that because this house is owned by one man. Mm-hmm. One man owns this. And, 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 and with that motivation, that's the motivation that I've used to to propel me to, to want to own stuff because to me there's no better feeling than to buy to buy a, a car any car news or use to buy a house to to buy something a television there's no better feeling than that to me you understand and, and let me break it down to you like this why I love I love country living okay when you live down south right you get all of the, you got a big house big yard you know what's in the yard Here's, here's what the parents have in the yard. They get an RV, three cars, uh, an ATV, three motorcycles, and a boat. Okay? So you come to New York. A guy making more money and less, he's got a bicycle, and he's happy. It's like, wow. You know, you know, I got a bicycle. Oh, I just bought this new Swin. <laughs> you understand? Well, these country people... You know, and they're not only from the country, they're in different places in the world. It's just a different mindset, a different way of life. And did exactly. I forget and did I forget the jet ski? You understand? So That's it's right, just right. it's just toys, but the thing is, you know, it, it's things that make life more enjoyable. And fun. I remember one of the one of the wildest things you ever told me was how much it cost to dock your boat at the marina. Mm-hmm. Over there by uh, Chesapeake. Floyd, yes, over there by Floyd Bennett Field. Oh, and Floyd Bennett Field. Yeah, 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 yeah. Across from there. And I remember when you told me that, and I couldn't believe it. And I'm thinking, I'm like, garlic, you know, these people don't even, they don't use these boats more than three months out of the year. And look at how much it costs for them to dock it. But what happens is, as I, as I told you, you know, if you're going to be the king, it pays to be the king. And, and what happens when you have those toys, you're going to you're going to pay. Cost. Right. It's going to you're going to pay whatever the cost is. That's but right. but when it comes to, you know, back to our topic of financial you know, literacy, you know, the thing that people lose sight of is we want to buy or you should buy assets and not liabilities. Mm-hmm. All 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 of those things that I listed. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those is a liability except for one. And the only asset out of them is the house. Mm-hmm. The house is the only thing that, that appreciates. appreciates the cars, the RVs, the boats, and the ATVs, motorcycles. the motorcycles. They all depreciate with value, meaning that they, they lose value. Yep. That, that house, oh my gosh, depending on what, what you buy. And where you buy it, you know, that thing can, you know, I, I can't even tell you, you know, the amount of, of money in New York City houses, houses appreciate at, at phenomenal rates, depending yes. on where you have them. 
All right, but overall in the United States, the value of houses have gone down three percent. You understand? We're one of the few pockets in America where that that you know the appreciation, it, you know, the value of the homes is still going up. You know, it's 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 very important what you just said in terms of the property and where it's located. But one of the most uh, functional things, other than the house, of course, that you need is the vehicle in certain in certain instances. And we all know once you take it off the lot, if it's a brand new car, it depreciates the minute you take it off the lot. But what are the what do you think the pros and the cons are of owning a vehicle as opposed as opposed to leasing a car? <laughs> there, let me tell you something. There are so many pros and cons going either way. And his, his, you know, so I, I was going, I was in a bank and I was uh, trying to pre-qualify to buy something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, some land or actually it was a house or a building. I can't remember. So, you know, at that, at, 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 <laughs> life, 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 so I'm buying, I'm, 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 the guy's looking at, you know, my information and he sees, you know, um, you know, that, that gray truck that I have. Yes, so sir. At the time he was, you know, he was, it was on there and there was three payments left. But the thing is, he was looking at how much I paid for it, but I was paying for it. He says, I, I don't know you, sir, but I'm going to give you a bit of information. Never do this again. Mm. And that's coming from the loan officer, the person in charge of approving or denying your loan. Okay. And, and at this time, you're talking about Gus. Gus. And Gus is something, is, is one of the few trucks, you know, that I, you know, that I paid for, mm-hmm. you know, because I bought that from the Honda dealer, you know, because I know that, that the owner of the Honda dealer down there on 4th and 86. <laughs> <laughs> Go on with the story, Garland. So, you know, that's one of, of four Hondas that I bought from there. So, you know, and and he said, don't ever do this again. So what he was trying to tell me, you know, reading between the lines, is that it is better to lease cars at lesser values, you know, buy certified pre-owned cars at lesser cost per month. Let that show on your, on your credit score, you know, because... When you're looking at your credit score, it, it, it there's a lot of different factors involved. Yes. You know, so, you know, he didn't want to, they, you know, he didn't want to see that, you know, that, uh, that I had so much money going into that car payment. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he would rather have seen, you know, that I had uh, a, a newer car that was almost paid off that was of lesser money. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And then, you know, there's other people who, who, I mentor or who are my mentors and and they told me how much of a better thing it is to lease cars. So, so in your opinion, and uh, when you incorporate all the information that you were able to harvest from these different people, Mm -hmm. in your honest opinion, do you believe it's better to lease a vehicle over the course of time as a strategy to build your credit score? Correct. That's what I would do. You know, I got in the habit and, you know, buying cars and paying in cash for them, you know, that, and that's a good, but that doesn't help your credit score. That just relieves you of any kind of car payment. But if you can lease at a lower rate and the better your credit score, the lower APR you have, you know, finance rate, you know, so 
you, you get a credit score anywhere between, you know, uh, 640 and, you know, 850, you're getting, you know, zero financing, 2% financing, as opposed to someone who's got, you know, finance, you know, credit score of, you know, uh, six, maybe not even six, but lower than that. And they're going to get a finance rate of, you know, anywhere between, you know, 10 and 22%. That's a, that's a difference of $200 a month. Right. That's a similar situation to that friend of ours. Well, that person that we used to know in our previous work experience who has that friend in the music business who mm-hmm. had such an amazing credit score that the dealership told him to take that ridiculously expensive vehicle home and keep it on the <laughs> Exactly. Keep it overnight to think about it. And they did that just based on his credit score alone. So your credit score is your resume in terms of who you are without even opening your mouth. And people, and that's something people don't understand mm-hmm. is how important, you know, that credit score is. And, and there are so many different outlets. First, you have to know what your credit score is. If it's good, if it's good, fair or excellent. And, and then depending on the status, you can fix it. There are so many different agencies, you know, uh, that can fix it. Uh, there's a company called Better Qualified. Uh, they do an excellent job, $99 a month. And usually they're based on somebody who used them referring them to that company. And, and what's they, the name again? I'm sorry, Garlic. Better Qualified. I'm going to put that in the description so they can look back and check that out. Yeah, and that's that's a reputable uh, credit repair company um, that a lot of homeowners use to repair their credit. And, uh, you know, then you got to be really wary of credit credit repair companies, you know, because not all of them are um, um, trustworthy. You know, they'll charge you and they won't, you know, um, they won't deliver on, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. Well, of course not. I mean, and that's a business just like any other situation where they know you're desperate and you need your credit score to look a certain way in order for you to be a homeowner, in order for you to move on. And even with some jobs, they check your credit score in order for you to move on. Mm-hmm. So they know how desperate people are in those situations. And of course, it's a hustle, just like anything else, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and the thing is, like I said, these days, having good credit it is so it's, it's so important, you know, three ways to make yourself uh, recessionless, meaning that you don't have to worry about who the president is. You don't have to worry about any of those type of things is to amass as much wealth as you can keep, keep your credit score and own property. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. You see, I knew this was going to be your, this is going to be your pocket right here. Uh, you know, we're going to come back with another topic that I know that you'll be able to speak to. Give me a moment. We'll be right back. Hello. All right, Mr. Boone, we're going to take a little stroll down to Wall Street, okay? Envision us walking into NASDAQ right now, and we're looking left, we're looking right. We're seeing deals being made here and there. I think in 2018, 
I've seen the most overnight success. Or maybe I just wasn't paying attention before. But I think as an adult, I've noticed the most investing from people who were probably not even, they probably didn't think that they were well-versed in what it is to invest in things. And some people created things and then other people backed them and then certain companies went public and people were able to make ridiculous, disgusting amounts of money just based on investing. So again, this is just all based on our either opinion and what we think or what have you. And I'm actually picking your brain so everyone else can hear what it's like when we have our regular just, you know, just because it's, you know, Tuesday conversation. (laughs) Absolutely. But in your honest opinion, what do you think is required of someone before they take that step into making an investment? Well, first of all, stocks and bonds, that's the way people make the most amount of money because it's the most volatile investment situation that there is. Mm -hmm. Meaning the lows are low, the highs are highs. If, Mm -hmm. If you look at the Dow Jones, the Dow Jones right now for the year is down 3%. You know, is at an all-time high of $26,000 and now it went down to $24,000 and it's somewhere around $24,750. The stock market is is a, is a guesstimate but it's an educated guess about mm-hmm. what's going on following the trends in society. You know, how, how I get information is I, I'm always listening to podcasts about, you know, the, the uh, you know, technology, um, business. Right now, one of the hottest stocks, and, and people don't even know, is Uber. Take a look at the Uber stock. Uber stock is, is doing phenomenal right now. Uber is trying to branch out autonomous cars. Uh, they got a lot of things going there. They're sponsoring a lot of things, a lot of sporting events, a lot of different uh, cultural activities. Uh, Lyft is another one that's uh, mm-hmm. up and coming. Uber's doing better than Lyft as far as sponsorship, but Lyft is is really up and coming. Up and coming. Yeah. It's funny. Real before you get off that, a lot of the entertainers are taking that as their introduction into investing. Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot and they're sticking with either Uber, Lyft, or Amazon. They're trying, or I mean, everyone, I think they're kind of falling down from the whole Facebook thing, mm-hmm. but they're sticking with those top three because you can't, you can't lose with Amazon right now. They are taking over the world, literally. And then you've got, like you said, Uber. I think Uber is probably doing a little better because they've been around a little longer and people are familiar with their name. Even if someone is dealing with Lyft, they'll call it Uber, mm-hmm. you know? So I think just because the name is a lot more recognizable, that's why they're probably doing a little bit better. But to your point, you're absolutely right. Those, and I just added Amazon, in, but those three are doing phenomenal. And I, I think a lot of people are using those three avenues as an introduction to the investment world. Go ahead, I'm sorry to cut. So what happens with Amazon now, We we're, we're, you, you're catching Amazon not at the tail end so much, but if you think of of, of business in the, in the bell curve, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're riding up, we might have hit the curve and now we're on the downside because mm-hmm. Amazon cannot keep making the profit margin, the, the profits that they did. 
that's why they have to keep branching out to new things yes okay and, uh, what's what's really hot with amazon now is you know the web services um they're trying to get into um package handling so this way they can cut out the middleman of ups dhl and fedex so right right so what what happens is uh amazon stock and if you were to follow amazon stock um there are days when it's down it's not constantly up like it used to be so a person who was buying and selling stock wouldn't be buying Amazon right now because mm-hmm. the the logic behind buying stock is buy um, buy low sell high exactly so, and they're high now exactly so, so it's not a buying time you understand but Uber and Lyft it's a buying time Facebook is 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 the stock is low so it's a time to buy Facebook mm-hmm. you understand uh, you know Facebook owns Instagram uh, so snap and all that other stuff right um, Facebook has lost a lot of credibility because of the 2016 election where mm-hmm. a lot of the um, news feeds and, and uh, information that uh, it, that Facebook had passed on mm-hmm. you know was by bots it wasn't it was mm-hmm. fa- it was fake news yes 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 that was a big story right. I remember that being on CNBC that was a huge story right so all of those things affect our price of, of stock okay now what's really hot is the the three major auto um manufacturers because you know um now the 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 hot trend that was supposed to be never came for the manufacturers and that was um not tesla stock is down because of elon musk and his erratic behavior he's wilding out right now he's pulling a kanye big time yeah so his stock might be one that you might want to buy for fear that it might, it's something to buy and just put it in a drawer and let it sit there until it goes back up and then you sell it and you make a profit. You understand? Because mm-hmm. That's what it's about right there. You just gave the key right, right. there. Because uh, Tesla stock, you know, you know, he's trying to get into space travel and he, you know, he was, he was trying to build in San Francisco and a couple of other states an underground highway. Mm. so that we can move more cars you know and I, I like two of those projects fell through so once again but back to the car manufacturers because everybody wanted to get with autonomous driving and that's where cars drive themselves and they have mm. in the beginning a safety driver because there were two instances where people got run over by autonomous cars even me who can't see all that well I, I think I could get out of a way to, of a car that's going like 15 to 20 miles per hour but I you know who am I to say how come the lady got hit you know mm-hmm. and where was the sensors and that and that's where a lot of the problems come in with these or time that's why they're still in the infancy stage where were the sensors you know because cars have automatic detection when something's in the road some of your Hondas Toyotas Nissan they get all of that um Hundreds get that stuff built in. Well, this is true. And, I, you know, with the sort of work that I do sometimes, uh, a lot of these newer vehicles that I drive, and for the most part, I've learned this with Lexus mm-hmm. as of late. I drive, you know, I drive a lot of cars throughout the week. And, you know, with the Lexus in particular, uh, their 350, their 350 will stop if, they, if it feels within maybe three to four feet ahead or anywhere in its perimeter, there's something near it, it will just completely break on its own. Right. And, and, and that's the sole function of autonomy, autonomous driving is to have 
that kind of uh, radar surrounding the car, you know, to keep, to make sure that it doesn't run over anything in the road in front of it. Make sure nothing gets too close behind it because if something gets too close behind it, it might speed up. And then, and also lane detection where it's also going to stay in its lane. Yeah, they have lane assistance. Like I drive a 2019 car right now Mm -hmm. and it's got the lane assistant where I just can't, it doesn't feel comfortable to me. And you would turn it off. (laughs) I turn it off the minute I get into it because, and it's an SUV too. Mm -hmm. I, I turn it off the minute I sit in it because it just, it feels odd. I don't, I don't, I mean, I understand it's supposed to help us, it's technology, what have you, but I don't like something that big thinking for me. Okay, I want to tell you something. You ready for me? I'm ready for you. Wouldn't that have been how it was back in the day when we went from stick driving to automatic? This is true. You understand? You know, how could, I can, how could something be, can the car control itself? No, I need to shift. You know, I need to shift. You know, who knows better when to shift than me? Hmm. And then our people, some people like me, only while well, I drove a stick. But, you know, I only like to drive automatics now because you can drink coffee and, you know, do this and this and this and this. You know, so for me to have a car with all those things that you mentioned with lane assist and, and you know, and that, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be in heaven. It's just, it's, I think it's, I just, it's a bit too much. Like even with you, like you complimented me the other day while I was driving your truck Mm -hmm. and you said, uh, well, I'm glad that you know how to drive and you don't need any rear view. I'm like, no, cause I know how to drive. (laughs) (laughs) A rear view camera, right? I don't need it. I don't need it. You're like, well, you know, you you know, you know the situation with, I'm like, I don't need that. It's cool. I grabbed the back of that seat and I went to work and we all know your car, your truck is big. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you know how the basic, the basic fundamentals and you're accustomed to it, it doesn't matter what extra technology they put into these vehicles. It just won't, to me, it doesn't feel comfortable to use all that extra stuff. All right. But when buying stock and we know that this is the trend and way things is going, wouldn't we want to invest in Chevrolet, Ford, you know? Well, I mean, everyone wants to be able to be up on the newest thing. You right. know, and if, I, if I'm going to invest in something, I'm not going to go and invest in something. For instance, me investing in an older model car right. or a, a, a company that produces older models, car, older model cars. It's like me buying a gun and using it like a hatchet exactly. or using it like a hammer. Bingo. I'm going in reverse. It doesn't make sense. I'm well aware of it. I'm just telling you from my personal experience yep. what's comfortable to me. But if I had to make an investment, of course, I'm going to invest into the future. So that would be one of those kind of stocks again that we're going to buy buy it low buy it now put it in the drawer and, mm-hmm. and let it and wait for it to boom and copy then... on the <laughs> copy on the boom you know you are just right on time with these <laughs> you know what garlic give me a second i'll be right back with all the smoke for you because you know you're you're, you're coming up with these situations where i almost feel it feels plan <laughs> like it has to be the baton my guy i feel like it's the pen relays <laughs> give me one sec i'll be right back you know mr garlic Boone, you just uh, made mention of a boom and we all know after a boom after an explosion there's usually what Smoke. Smoke. Right. Speaking of smoke, you know, you're mentioning a lot of the 
new trends and things that are very, very profitable these days. And everyone's waiting for this big surge to happen in the marijuana world. Now, I'm still on the fence with it. I'm not, I think, I personally feel somewhere along the way, something's going to backfire. I don't feel like it's, I don't think if, if it was something that was going to be this profitable, they would publicize it the way that they are doing it. They're speaking too much about it in the mainstream, I think. Mm-hmm. They're going to allow to just grow and they're going to uh, foster it and they're going to help it to grow with everyone. I don't believe that. So I want to know, Mr. Boom, what do you feel about this new marijuana craze in terms of the business side and all the different businesses that are going to fall underneath the umbrella and what do you feel about marijuana being legalized in new york city in particular well i want to make it clear to people i'm not here to judge anybody i'm only i'm only giving you a viewpoint of someone who's looking inwards at all times you know um, legalizing marijuana is going to be a boon for you know the, the, the government because they're going to sell it they're going to kill the people kill the business of it being sold on the street and then they're going to tax it 25% you know and allegedly claimedly supposedly that money is supposed to be used to fix the transit that's that's the that's <laughs> real quick. Hold on a second now. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. I took the train the other day for me to get to one of my jobs. Okay, before that time, I hadn't taken a train since Mary had a little lamb. Okay, now I think the last time they actually put a screwdriver to a track. In the MPA, that was back when Mr. Garlic Boom aside his money to buy his bag of tokens. But that's a whole other show. <laughs> continue on, Mr. Boom. You know, so this is what we're supposed to do with the money. And then also, uh, once we've allocated what we're allocating for the subways, we're going to fix the infrastructure of the highways. There's a new tunnel needed um, in the East River. Um, there's a bunch of things needed, you know, to make traveling easier for everybody. And also people who drive understand the Verrazano Bridge is going up to $19 this year. Mm. Okay. Listen, I- man, if you're living in New Jersey, it's going to be no difference than you living in England because for those kinds of prices and watch, they're probably going to start making you pay to come back into the city as well then they'd have to cut the fare in half and then, you know, just say, okay, we're going to charge you $10 coming and going. That's mm-hmm. $20. So, you know, it, it, it's all kinds of things, whatever they're going to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so this is what we're supposed to be doing with the money. And, you know, this is the, the crux of why we want to push it to be legalized. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. You know, believe me, um, there's a lot of people who um, Montel Williams he was uh, an advocate, an advocate of, of legalizing marijuana years ago because he has multi, multiple sclerosis and mm-hmm. it allegedly um, helped cure a lot of his pain that he was going through. A lot of people in the military who were in the military who suffered from PTSD um, 
um, smoking weed helps them with the pain, takes them to another place. So this way they can um, escape reality and, and, and deal with their issues a little bit calmer. You know, these, these are allegedly... Just a few. You know, right. Well, I mean, there are a lot of different celebrities that do back it. You've got this guy who used to play for the New York Chicks. Who's my guy? Uh, you, uh, uh, Harrington. Al Harrington. Yes. He's got, he's got a company that he, I believe, produced in, in California. Don't quote me on that. But he's got a company where he produces different uh, lotions and creams and things for the athletes, like athletic creams and things like that. That's mm-hmm. made from CBD or CBT. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Mm-hmm. But oils. And uh, it's made with marijuana. You Also, Whoopi Goldberg. She's another one who's an advocate of it, of the different oils that you use for pains and things like that. And also, we all know with cancer patients and things like that, they actually promote well that's the whole medicinal part of the marijuana yeah right that industry but go ahead sorry so you know like i i heard that um smoking it uh gives you helps them more medicinally than taking it in pill form because mm-hmm. the chemical that's inside that the marijuana leaves um release that would be, that would be the thc thc that it released when it burns is yes. more powerful, more potent as they burn it. Okay. And let's be clear. I'm not a smoker. I'm not a smoker. And again, I'm not. T- I'm not judging at all. But you know, when you start hearing the kinds of numbers that are being thrown around by this business that is to come, this billion-dollar business, you look into it and you do your research. But I mean, as much as they're they're making it seem like it's all, it's all gonna be. You know, this is going to be the new boom. This is going to be the new invention of an um, automobile type situation. I just feel as though it's going to go a different way. I feel like it's a setup somehow, some way. I'm sorry if I'm not trusting the government. I've had reason to not trust them. But I'm just, it, something seems like they're going to pull the rug. That's why I'm asking you how you feel about it. But what happens is, you know, carrying along with the same thought pattern, you know, anytime something, you know, I, you know, with prohibition and alcohol, you know, okay, oh, we legalized alcohol. Now, what happened? We had uh, more people um, who were driving drunk, more people who were ha- having uh, domestic violence while being drunk, more people were killed because they were drunk. You understand? So, there's a byproduct of all of this, you know, this thing, which was prohibition. So, now we want to legalize marijuana. What's going to happen? You understand? So here we are. And once again, I, I just got to clarify it again. I'm not judging people. You know, I'm just using a vision that's looking in. So now we're going to have more people on a daily basis who are drugged up. Okay. Well, really, before, before you get off of that, I mean, marijuana has been around since before Columbus's ass got lost and found his way here. You know what I mean? When he got lost and took the wrong turn at Albuquerque and ended up here in the United States of America. And claimed that he found it. He was lost. He was right. lost. Of course, he was lost. He t- you know, he, you know, men don't like to ask for directions. That's a whole other show in itself. But it's been around since forever. But it's to the point where what I feel about that in terms of people being more doped up, as you were saying, I mean, I just feel because of the fact that it's going to be legal, they're going to have to try to, it's a business now. So they're going to have to pump it out by any means necessary and, and, pump it out in, in groves where they're going to start making it where it's synthetic. Everything is fake these days. Fake food, fake everything. So it's to the point where I feel like the, whatever the fake version of this is going to be, 
that's going to be the problem. Like, look at the people who were having these problems where they were looking, they were looking like zombies in the streets with mm-hmm. K2, this, this synthetic K2 marijuana. Mm-hmm. That's scary. That's scary. It was like the zombie apocalypse. And a friend of mine mentioned it to me and I didn't, I mean, you hear it, you know, people tend to over embellish on things. But when I saw the video and then it became, you know, it's serious when the news are giving you up to the moment, you know, video footage of these things that are happening. It's mm-hmm. getting scary. You were able to get K2 in the corner store. That's correct. You know, and, this, go ahead. Sorry. And and it was, and it, and it's synthetic. And once again, what's the byproduct of using synthetic things? <laughs> Cancer, you know, just all the kind of problems that we can have. And, and when people are given choices and they go to excessiveness, mm-hmm. it, it always goes in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. You understand? That's why things have to always be regulated. Mm-hmm. You understand? So now we're just take, throwing away the regulation for profit, okay? And, and if I'm on an investment tip, yeah, these, these um, companies that are grow, grow houses for marijuana, I'm buying their stock and I'm putting it in the drawer and I'm going to wait till it goes boom. You understand? Mm-hmm. But now look, look at what I'm doing. I'm making money or people are making money off of the backs of, you know what, the people who are gonna use the drug in excess and have problems. The the millennial generation was the most medicated generation. That's the generation where people were on, kids were already on Ritalin and lithium. You know, when they had a problem in school, the teachers were quick. Quick, to, fast, quick, to put, fast. To put them on Ritalin and lithium. So now these kids have been on that stuff for years now. And the, you know, ADH, the ADHD, right. ADHD uh, medications. And I, I learned from someone when I was in school that it's the reverse effect. If you don't need it and you take it, mm-hmm. that's when you get high. So here they are. They're taking it from their friends who were prescribed for it. And, mm-hmm. and there you have it. You just, know, it seems like it's going to be a scary time. That's all. And hold on. There's one more thing, you know. So now here we go. Um it's going to be okay for you to have an, uh, an, a specific amount of this drug on your person. However, once again, there's certain rules that are not going to go by the wayside. If you, and, and this is from when I served, not too many people have served on a grand jury, and I was one of those people I had the honor to serve on a grand jury. And when you sell drugs within a thousand feet of a school oh. with intent to sell... Oh, garlic, garlic. That That is very reminiscent of the video that I sent you the other day of that man who was preaching the gospel. Exactly. You said how many feet? A thousand feet. I think in the video they said 500, but to his 500 point, to a thousand feet, but right. the point in the matter is everyone is that far from a school. That's right. There's schools everywhere. They're trying to give you the mandatory minimum. That's right. This is what's ridiculous. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I just read this article a couple of days ago with this woman who was one of the people in Congress. One of the, she was like one of the secretaries of, not the secretary of the state, but she was like a, a treasurer of some sort. And she was botching paperwork and giving herself an additional $1.46 million. And they gave her three years probation. And before you know it, that's going to just dwindle into nothing. And this mm-hmm. woman, straight. She she fleeced God knows who for for seventeen years. She was doing this, and then this young lady 
who was part of the drug trafficking situation. I don't want to mispronounce her name, but you know who I'm talking about. The young lady who uh, killed the person who had her as a sex slave. Yes, I remember that. 51 years they gave this girl. So it's just like when you look at the different situations, you look at the different crimes, you look at the kinds of time they're handing out to people for these different things. I can't help but to be a little leery when they're telling me, hey, we used to consider this to be a criminal offense, but hey, it's going to be legal. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's going to be a trap door somewhere. Yeah, like I said, I, 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 I don't even know. I just... It's going to be such a tough time. And, and, and you, you do have some states, New Jersey, uh, New Hampshire just legalized it. Um, I think there's a couple, there's six states or eight states altogether that have legalized it already. You know, while we're still on this, you know, what really boils my blood in terms of this particular situation, when we think back to when that RICO law thing started really catching heat in the 90s when they were hitting people with those Rockefeller drug law charges mm-hmm. let's just say for instance garlic is you know doing some bad things in the street as a teenage young man but he still lives home with his mother and his sister and you're not home and someone calls that establishment for you but you're not home and your mother let's just say I'm your mother I answer the phone and I say uh he's not here right now that's all I say to this person and I hang up the phone just me doing that, I am now part, I'm part of that. And they, they're getting, you know how many mothers died in jail? How many sisters and mothers were arrested straight away and given the mandatory minimum just for answering a phone or just for being in the same home with someone who had, who got a charge for marijuana or who had a situation with marijuana. But the thing with that I don't understand is that happened all under the quote unquote first black president, Jive Turkey Clinton. And he apologized for it later on, but those people were never released. So hmm. I don't that I don't understand that again. So of course I'm going to be a little skeptical in terms of me just believing what they're saying with this whole legalization thing and the how it's going to be. I just feel like it's set up somehow, some way. I, I don't know if you noticed or not that De Blasio was supposed to he he put a order and there was an order from you know the Senate, New York State Senate to release people from Rikers Island who had uh, misdemeanor drug charges and it was like supposed to be like I, I can't remember the number I, I want to say it's 1800 gotta be, it, that's it just 1800 1800 people that's it I would I say upwards to 20,000 I can't on, remember the number yeah. I, I, oh I'm not quoting you on it but I'm thinking yeah. that that's nothing 1800 people they were doing this since the 90s so I'm sure the number is a lot higher than that. But well, we know but it, that the prisons are money making scenarios and I well, guess here we why, go. Why we're gonna release people, why they want maybe they wanna release people because they know that once these uh the these you know marijuana become legalized that we're just gonna fill it back up again. Well, this is the thing, if you release all these people with these uh mandatory drug uh, sentences that they got 20 years ago that's ha- that's what maybe half your staff half your free labor that's mm-hmm. back into the atmosphere and my th- I want to know once they're releasing these people do they do they expunge their record are they able to go back out there and get a job in society you've got people who got locked up when they were 16 17 years old they're in their they're in their late 30s now i think everything depends on the degree of the charges that were um, you know personal to the person who was in jail 
Mm-hmm. You know, so it all depends. It all depends, you know, and who to say, you know, you know, you know, you get the case number four, five, six, eight, nine, and that person stays while four, five, six, eight, ten doesn't, you know. I, it, like I said, when it comes to these kind of issues, you just don't want to get caught up in it because you're just not sure how things go. You know what I mean? And who qualifies, who doesn't qualify. Like I said, I. And you heard what the man said. He says, well, you can try to go against it if you want. But guess what? My brother's the judge. My sister's the stenographer. My cousin is the lawyer on the case. The mm-hmm. public is my other cousin. It's just the whole system. He goes, you know, at the end of the day, he said, my my uncle is the one who makes the embalming fluid. And I got my family members that make the caskets. And we own the land they're going to be buried in. It's just, it's a whole trickle down situation again. You know, that's why I'm thinking, I guess we're taking it a lot further than other people would have thought that this particular part of the conversation would have gone. But that's where I'm thinking in terms of them saying, hey, take this thing we once thought said was illegal, but it's okay now. You know, I think there's more to this. Yeah, because we, we're just looking at the tip of the iceberg and, and there's like a whole football full of ice under the water. That's true. And, and that's how people live life. You, you have to always understand there's more than meets the eye with all situations copy on the transformers reference (laughs) (laughs) garlic i thank you so much for taking the time to kick it with me thank you so much you're welcome shells i appreciate the information you're always so knowledgeable and always so honest and you will be back you'll be back appreciate it if you'll come back i will i will Thank you so much. I'm going to hold that to you. You have a good remainder of your day. And I thank you so, so much. Bye. Bye. Special shout to the OG Garlic, a.k.a. Mr. Boone, a.k.a. He knows a little or a lot about almost anything so i thank you so much for the time garlic i appreciate you i hope uh what we discussed today will be helpful to people out there who are either thinking about financial literacy uh trying to tweak what they actually uh are exercising right now in terms of them trying to get their either finances together or uh thinking about ownership or trying to invest or thinking about a new venture that's being publicized all over whatever it is hopefully we were Uh, helpful in some way to help you either narrow down a specific area so you can try to think about it a little further or maybe you learn something new today and uh, that's what the goal is so hopefully this particular podcast was helpful and uh, it can help you to start off your year on the good foot Uh, so thank you so much to everyone who takes the time to listen I appreciate each and every one of you and uh that's it once again i apologize that it's taken so long but like i said life does get in the way but that shouldn't deter me from sticking to the script and this is something that i really enjoy doing and again i will do my best to get back on track and be much more consistent with this because this is what i want to do so you know just be positive like the blood type and always remember that your time is your most valuable commodity Don't waste it for everyone. Everyone take care.